Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me, the returning Steve Harmison. Uh, looking back at uh, day four of the third test match between England and South Africa. And there will be a day five, but really there should be. Anyway, uh, plenty to talk about here on the following on podcast. So if you are listening to the show, you no doubt know by now that uh, whereas uh, there was 17 wickets on day three, uh, just uh, 13 of them on day four. Uh, England uh, collapsing in a, in a mini heap. Uh, their last three wickets uh, putting on just, what, three runs in the morning? Uh, it was a little bit ridiculous. No, four runs, actually. 154 for seven became 158 all out. Uh, Rabada with 4 for 81 and uh, Jonsson picking up a 5 for 5 for 35. Uh, it meant that the deficit for South Africa was just 40. Uh, a few would have uh, seen that coming when England were 84 for 2 at T on day 3. Um, and by the lunch break, whilst not in uh, control, whilst not really ahead of the game, certainly South Africa were in a pretty decent position. 70 for 1, just uh, a via uh, dismissed, caught a first slip. First slip. Uh, by the uh, by the bowling of uh, Ben Stokes, who brought himself on just as the session was uh, approaching its uh, conclusion. And then, well, the madness took hold. First off, the madness of Dean Elgar. Very often, or very, uh, very, it's not very often you see a batter walk from an LBW decision before the umpires made his decision, but it is, it is seen in cricket. I remember Ricky Pontings was in his career doing it to Jack Callis. But to do it when the ball was shown to gone on to miss leg stump. Well, that is a first. 83 for one South Africa at that stage, essentially 43 for one. And uh, that set in motion, an absolute car crash. Uh, they just didn't go anywhere. Um, with uh, Anderson abroad, both bowling, as we know, with accuracy, probing spells, long spells as well. Uh, South Africa went uber defensive and it cost them. Peterson was uh, uh, nicked an outswinger to Pope for 23. 
Uh, Rickleton was LBW, Stuart Raw for eight, 95 for four at that stage. Uh, Mulder chopped on uh, for 14, and uh, Zondo was LBW to an in-swinger. Uh, 70 for one at lunch had become 146 for seven at tea. Ben Stokes bowling on one leg again, taking a wicket just before the break and one just after. South Africa, well, they were appalling. Not going to dress it up. That's as bad a batting display as I've seen since, well, the first innings. Um, and then England um, got a reprieve. Alex Lease dropped first ball in the run chase set, 130 to win. And uh, despite Alex Lease nearly being caught at mid-off, surviving a run out by a millisecond, a millimetre, and then Zach Crawley towards the end of the day really encapsulating everything about South Africa in this test and uh, arguably everything about South Africa since that Lord's Triumph, edging between wicketkeeper and first slip. Um, and then just to sum it all up, the umpire's taking the players off early again, meaning England will come back tomorrow with South Africa, needing, what, 33 runs to win, 10 wickets in hand, and uh, the series will go with it. So, plenty to talk about as Dan Norcross looms into view behind me. He's about to go and do his podcast. We're about to do ours, Harmy. Uh, so let's get on with the story of the day. Story of the day. So, Harvey, where do we begin, eh? Uh, well, let's begin at the top or at the bottom. Either way, <laughs> you know, the umpires yesterday, the light was good enough to play. I'm sure if they were here now, they'd put forward a, 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 you know, a, a perfectly reasonable argument why it wasn't good enough to play. But, you know, essentially they created a rod for their own back. And here we are at the end of day four when the crowd were in position and wanted to see a conclusion. The England batters didn't want to go anywhere. I'm pretty to you that the South Africans didn't want to go anywhere. They would have been quite happy to see this game out. Off they trot. We're going to come back tomorrow for about 20 minutes cricket. Farcical. Yeah, farcical. Um, actually, it might fit this series if we come back in front of nobody tomorrow and finish the series. <laughs> it ain't been very good, to be fair. It's no, been a, it's been taking a, away to... Honey, it well, has been awful. Awful, Awful. You know, we talk about Test cricket being the pinnacle of the game. Well, if this series is the pinnacle, the pinnacle of the game, you can see why they've created the hundred. It's been well, rubbish. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sort of say. Yeah, we should be finishing Test cricket to get more and more of the hundred. Um, but <laughs> I what, I you will say is, what, what I will say is the style, the, the standard of bowling in this series has been fantastic. Standard of Discipline from the baton has been woeful. Um, give Ollie Pope credit. I think he, he tried to put the bowlers back on the back foot the other day. Only one that's really looked like he was in you know, some sort of control against two unbelievable bowling attacks. Um, the relentlessness of Broaden Anderson. Again, like we, we talk about how good these two guys are and how good, how much you're going to miss them when, you know, we've, we've just... The country's at a standstill at this moment in time because of because of one fine lady, and we've realised how good she was when she's not there. And I think these two are going to be exactly the same because again, we've seen them we've seen them put the ball in the right area, and leave the ball in the right area. And the one thing I will say for our batsmen around the world, if you want to beat England, you have got to get over Broaden Anderson's first two spells, and then I'm not saying it gets easier. But as the as the game as the day goes on, the, the, the sort of the slow down a little bit, but the areas are still the same. So because the areas are still the same, you still have to be very very mindful and watchful that they're, they're bowling and putting pressure on you. 
but the venom's not there as it is in the first sort of two or three spells. And that's how you beat England. But you get you get England into the 80, 90, 100 over and beyond. That's what's happened in, in the recent past. Um, but if you've got techniques to where they've got... I, I thought I thought Rickleton in... A couple of times I've seen him in, in county cricket, and this shows you. A couple of times I've seen him in county cricket, I'm thinking, this guy's, this kid's not too bad. He looks as though he's... He's got a bit of a game. And I watched him today. He looked as though he was he was a right-handed batsman. He was a left-handed batsman trying to bat right-handed. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not picking pieces and singling him out. But it, it, it scrambled the mind. Elgar, his decision to not review that has only got one reason, and that is because the pressure that that guy's on with what's going on around him. He's got, he had a brain freeze, a brain freeze, because that's all, the only thing I can describe. That why he didn't review that. He's he's a South African captain. If anybody deserves to to burn one, it's him. If anybody deserves to burn one, he's their best player. You know, you might worst case scenario that was umpire's call, and it just shows you the mentality of where, unfortunately, this South African cricket team is. But I'm not going to. I've bagged them. I've been in. I've been in hospitality with coffee for three, well, two days. Supposed to be three. And I have I have nailed this South African side because I don't think they were very good. I said to Goffey when we were singing God Sa- God Save the King, me, Goffey and Swanee, it was an amazing thing that we were doing, that atmosphere around. And I turned to Goffey and I said, we will have a lead tonight. And he was like, no. I went, we will. England will have a lead tonight. And then at, t- it, at lunchtime, I said, I'll go one further. Yeah, Avia might bag them in the same day. He might get a pair in the same day. That's how good both batting units are. So... It hasn't been great cricket from the batting point of view. I'm pleased for Crawley and Lees that they've got a partnership and they've got a chance to sort of keep the noise from the door of where they're going or not going to Pakistan. But the marvel has to be, yeah, Robinson's bowled brilliantly. Stokes again comes to the party when he needs to to change the game. But the relentlessness of the two greats, and I, I keep getting people saying to me, you're always going to stick up for them. You're always going to say they're great because you played with them. no. These are fantastic bowlers who do the simple things well for long enough. That's that's a message to any young kid, any young kid and any young bowler. If you do the simple things for long enough and stick to it and not get bored from doing simple things, line and length, in and around off stump, waiting on the batsman to make a mistake, praying on their technique. And that's all these two guys did today. South Africa got 70, 70 for one. 70 for one, South Africa were at one point. And what did Broad and Anderson do? Nothing different to what they did when they were 70 for one. And when they got when they were seven down, the game was over. So, you know, you've got to give them a huge amount of credit. South Africa's top score in the series, I think, is 73. I don't think there was another 50 in the entire series. Um, the, the, we always talk about the balance, don't we, between the bat and ball. But it just seemed to me at times in this series, way too weighted in favour of the bowlers. But then, of course, if you look back to that series against New Zealand, you could say the opposite was true. Yeah. You could. You know, we were forever trying to change balls. We were forever trying to, you know, bowl bouncers to try and, you know, shake up, you know, the opposition. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. You, you, you keep this England team in the field for long enough, you will get rewarded because they've got aging bodies. Um, they've not got the fast bowler. And that's what happened earlier in the summer. When you've got poor technique, the, these guys will they'll find you out. It's like 
it makes me laugh when they talk about basball. Basball is basball that, basball the other. We are completely different with the bat compared to what we are with the ball. What they want to talk about basball with the bat. You know, the team being very sort of aggressive, hitting sixes and fours, and will chase down anything. The bowling, the bowling unit is completely opposite. The bowling unit has got four bowlers in and around 82 mile an hour who bore you to death and get you out that way. Not bore you to death as in chuck the ball wide off stump. They put the ball in the business area for long enough. No heroics, no you know, big, massive, you know, you know, superstar and bowler. All they do is the bowler's a unit and they make sure that it's very, very difficult for the opposition to get away from you. And that is the completely different, that's the completely opposite to the basketball with a bat. And I think that's that's why, you know, that that terminology is a load of nonsense for me. I just think we are England of bold good areas and put South Africa's batsmen under pressure and their techniques are not being good enough. I think the, the bowling unit of South Africa is a is a a well balanced bowling unit. Left arm, right arm quick, right arm even quicker. Um, and the toss won them the game at Lords. Their team selection probably cost them the game at uh, Old Trafford. And they've been a better balanced side here. It might have been different if Markram and 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 Van Dussen had been playing. Bavuma had been playing. Might have given them a better chance. But with this batting unit, South Africa have got the going nowhere. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't add too much to that. To be honest with you. Um, and the problem South Africa have got is that they're not going to be playing any test cricket from here on in. So I just can't see how things will ever improve. You know, it's um, it's uh, they find themselves in a real sorry state. And, you know, fast forward four or five years when they're back here, some of their key bowlers may be, uh, empl- may be in gainful employment from uh, one of these franchises or one of these uh, T20 teams. And they're going to be like, no, nah, we don't really want you to bowl for 80 overs over the course of a month. We'd rather you uh, just play for us. So it's difficult uh, to feel optimistic about South Africa's chances moving forward. And, you know, whilst I don't want to uh, detract from how well England have played, and they have played well, England are going to need opposition. There's no point just beating, you know, a team of uh, inexperienced youngsters every four years. You know, it's, uh, it's a, a little bit of a concern. From an English perspective, though, because England are 33 runs away from winning six tests for, in a summer for the first time since you were playing back in 2004. You know, mm. we all know what happened a year after that. A year from today, the Ashes at Aussies are, are back here, of course. I'm not going to talk about the Ashes, but I am going to talk about where you see this team. They've come a long way in a short time. You know, they've absolutely demolished New Zealand. Obviously, that world record chase, well, not world record chase, world record chase for England against India, but now they're going to swat aside South Africa. We said after that loss defeat, if England had won the toss, they would have won that game. I believed it then, I believe it now. We also said that England would win the series, and uh, they're about to. But, but where are they? Where are England now compared to where they were two months ago? Um, I would have said six months ago, England would have no chance of winning the Ashes. No chance. Not one hope in hell to play against Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins, um, etc. Now I think I, I fancy them. I really do. Um, they will keep getting this kick and say, this team can't keep doing what they're doing. There is well, going to be a... Well, I tell, you, I tell you what they can't do. Anderson can't play five back to, 
next year, the Ashes is essentially going to be inside six or it's going to be inside seven weeks. So they can't. I mean, Anderson and Broad cannot play all five test matches. Um, no, so I, I get that. And also, you know, the spinner side of things as well. Has that been on? Anyway, I don't want, let's not talk about, let's not talk about. No, no, no. I'm, 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 well, let's, I'm, let's talk I'm, about I'm, where, where you think they are now and where, where they're, where they're heading to in the next, in yeah. the, from here, for in the next, you know, the Pakistan next, then New Zealand. You know, where, where yeah. is this side? Or has it just been a golden summer? I think, but also think, but you have to have a golden summer to get something started. And I think that's what, that's what I was trying to say. In six, six, six months ago, I would never have given England a hope. Now I think they've got a good chance. Um, what you're saying, I couldn't disagree. Broad and Anderson. Will Broad get there? Probably, yes. Will Anderson get there? Definitely, yes. I think the reason why I see a Broad possibly is because of the emergence of Robinson. I think if England do go on to win in, or need a, need a win, or sorry, force a win in Pakistan or in New Zealand, because we, we could play on a pitch like Mount Monganui again, Joffre Archibald in 50 overs. You know, we're going to need a fast bowler this winter. See Mark Wood bowling. We need Mark Wood. This side is only missing you know, a fast bowler and a, a consistent opening batsman. And I think they're not far away from being one of the top sides in the world. And unfortunately, that's with a 40-year-old bowler. But fortunately, he's still good as anybody that's 28 in the world. Age 28 in the world. Because if you watch Jimmy Anderson over the course of the last two days... And over the course of this last eight weeks, Jimmy Anderson doesn't look, he's not acting like he is 40-year-old. The one thing that he hasn't got on his side is he's not got game time to get them into that position. So what they do between now and Pakistan, now and Jimmy will go to Pakistan. I didn't think he would, but I think he will now because I don't think Stuart's going to go because of, I think, Molly's due to give birth around about test match time in Pakistan. So I can't see Stuart going there. Um, so Jimmy will go there. Then Jimmy will go to New Zealand. I can see him playing four of the five Ashes Test matches. I don't see England making a mistake, like looking too far ahead, like they did last time when they were over there. I can see Jimmy playing the first Test match, probably possibly back to back, missing the third one, playing the last two back to back, and going like that, walking off with his hat in the air, saying "Thanks very much, I'm done." Um, and if Jimmy's in this similar sort of skill set, frame of mind, body, I think he, he still he still causes problems for Australia. But I think we need the quick bowler. We need to find that quick bowler. So if we can get Archer fit for this time next year, if we can get Wood fit for this time next year, for one of them to play in that, we stand a bit of a chance. Where this team is at right now is in a very, very good place. Why? Because they're winning. And you can win however which way you want, Ugly, you can win against the poor side. You can absolutely batter somebody, beat the best team in the world. All means the same. It's a positive, vibrant dressing room, which is you know, free of negative thoughts. And that's something about Zach Crawley, I've noticed, you know, the, the, in the scores that he's had. He seems to, when there's a target there, he, sees, he frees himself as a negative thought. He's not thinking about, well, I'm not driving this. I'm not me back. Where's me back coming from? Oh, if I get if I nick this off, I'm going to get dropped. England need 130 to win. He's gone out there and hit the ball. And I think 
that's a different mindset to what he bats like in the first inning. So will he last to, to go to Pakistan? I think Lees is the one that's probably more vulnerable now because I've got no doubt that England will pick Keaton Jennings to go and play in the first test match in Pakistan because you talk about horses for courses for bowlers. Pakistan, uh, it's a subcontinent. It seems to be Keaton Jennings is the one that they've turned to from an opening batting point of view if they want to rock at the top. I want somebody that can you know, play a spin at the top. So I think Lees becomes vulnerable over Crawley. And and Jennings might just come in, but I think this team's in a great place at this minute in time. Why? I don't think they're playing fantastic cricket, but it doesn't matter. They're winning, and winning breeds confidence. And confidence, yeah, you can do a hell of a lot of good things with confidence. And you mentioned earlier, since that two thousand and four series, we went to we went to where did we go? We went Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. Did we go to South Africa? No, we went to South Africa. South Africa, yeah. And we went over there. And we came back and we played Bangladesh and won the Ashes. It fell apart because we went to Pakistan and India after that. So the, the challenge for this team now is, can they keep this feel-good factor going into Pakistan and somehow get a result? If they go to Pakistan and get a positive result, and I think a draw could be a good positive result, they bounce to New Zealand. Where New Zealand are, from a cricket point of view at that time, could be a great time to play them. They yeah, come back. They come back, you know, and then they go. Hold on, you know, we've had a great summer. We've won. We've we've had positive results over the winter. Bring on Australia. I, I think England of uh, England are in a good place. Well, they haven't been Pakistan in Pakistan since two thousand and two thousand two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Two thousand, and they haven't beaten New Zealand in New Zealand since two thousand and eight. Series you played in, of course. Yeah, um, that was the best thing England did. They dropped me and Oggy and brought in Braun Anderson. I know, I was there. I remember. I haven't looked back since, have they? Not really. <laughs> um, but look, there is one thing, of course, and we'll go into this with more detail, but Jack Leach is bowled and over, I think, in this test. Obviously, spin's going to play a much bigger part. Um, yeah. Doesn't look like Adil Rashid's going to be coming back. There was a bit of talk about that before, at the start of this. Can you remember no. that? Can you remember that? It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about Joss Butler back in the side, Adil yeah. Rashid back in the side, and Moeen Ali. Now, yeah. Butler's not going anywhere near it. Rashid isn't. Ali probably. Ali might well come back Mo to that Ali series. possibly could. Moeen Ali possibly could, because I still think they need a number eight that with strength, and they're going to need a second spinner. And I think Moen likes playing that. He'd rather play the second spinner role than the first spinner role. Moen, I'm reluctant to bring Moen back, but... That oh, they're good. They're going to need another one, though, aren't they? Yeah, that cupboard's bad. England go with Leach and Parkinson, and I think we'll struggle. I think we'd struggle to stem the tide. And I think if we went with Leach and Parkinson and took Anderson, Anderson wouldn't get to the Ashes because he'll end up bowling donkey overs, foot outside off stump, because just to give Ben Stokes some control. So we might have to revert back to... And I, and I didn't really want to do that, go back to Moen, because I don't really see an alternative option. Mm. I really well, don't. Anyway. Well, that, that's possibly a conversation for another day. Um, mm. Quick word on Stuart Broad. Obviously, we know how good he is, but, you know, uh, he went past Glenn McGrath today. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, he played, he's played about 30 overs more, uh, 30 overs, 30 games more. And uh, he was a little bashful about it. One of his heroes growing up. Um but you know that's 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 something else. And you've got two Englishmen at the top of the SEMA 
wicket-taking charts in the history of Test cricket, isn't it? Unbelievable. And, and I keep saying how good these two are and people keep banging on and saying, you know, because you played with them. And I'm like, yeah, I'm an old man. And I played with them. And it's, yeah, they also took your your spot. So, you know, uh, some, right some, people, some people nah. would be bitter about that and would be no. twisted the knife at every opportunity. No, I've never, ever twisted the knife into these two because it was the right thing that happened. Might not have been very sort of confident at the time, but it was the right thing that happened. These two are destined for greatness. You still got to do it. You've still got to put the ball in the right area. You still have to get yourself mentally right. You've got to discipline yourself in training. And you've got to strive to get better. Anderson and Broad have done that for years. And I'm pleased for Stuart. I'm pleased he's gonna because Jimmy, he seems to get he seems doesn't he seems to get recognition after Anderson. Um, but he should get it in his own right here because to go past Glenn McGrath, no matter how many test matches he's played more than Glenn McGrath, that is a ridiculous achievement and like I've said many many times before he showed his class today he really did I thought he was brilliant today I thought they were both were but I thought Stuart was probably the pick of the England bowlers um, and I thought we'll not realise how good we are how good them two are until they're both gone Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Is it any um, surprise that they're both at the top of the charts? Because would would one have been able to get there without the other? Uh, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I asked that question properly. But do you know what I mean? They they needed each mean, other, yeah. didn't they? 
Yeah, and, and that that's the key the key factor. You look at Warren and McGrath. I remember Ricky Ponting doing it. I'm not sure if it was like a captain's tale or it was something he did on a on a on a Sky TV thing where he was sitting at Lords and he said these two needed each other. They complemented each other so well. The pressure that they built was so much, and it was like people would go in their shell or they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to face them because they were waiting on the bad ball and. It was like Warner McGrath. They'd bowl about ten bad balls in eighty overs in a day, or a, or a, in an innings. That's what Broad and Anderson are like. That's what they did today. They did today. They just bowled a good area today. South Africa batted quite well at the start. Respected the way that they, they went. You know, the bowlers they went about their job. But then when they realized, you know, when they tried to sort of take a bit of liberty, when they tried to play the big shot, when they tried, when the when their techniques sort of let them down, which the, the do because of relentlessness of Broad and Anderson, then you become unstuck. And I think that's what Stuart and Jimmy have done from from either end. And there's a lot that, you know, during sort of times where I had just sort of retired in that time, there was a lot of talk about Broad and Anderson sort of bowling for their figures, bowling for, you know, bowling maidens, not looking after their figures. So quite happily bowling 20 overs for 40. But they weren't. That's where people misunderstood them. They weren't doing that. They were they were setting batsmen up and saying, right, we're playing the long game. We're not looking to get a wicket off every ball. We are going to keep you down. We're going to mentally sort of physically grind you into the dirt. And then when we try and get that sort of magic ball, it's, are you good enough to keep it out? And the, the, the since 2020 is coming to the game, when batsmen start, trying to hit the ball and lose their shape and lose their technique. That's when Broad and Anderson have been at their best. They've been at the best in the last sort of 10 years as opposed to the first 10 years. And, the, and that's because the game has changed, batting techniques have changed, and Broad and Anderson have exploited that because batting techniques are nowhere near as, as disciplined as what they used to be. And because they are very, very accurate, very, very good, and create so much pressure with each other, is why they are the best two bowlers, arguably the best two bowlers of all, all time, probably behind Warren and McGraw from a combination point of view. Okay, great stuff, Army. Well, look, um, we'll be back tomorrow following the conclusion of this test match. Uh, you and Manners will be recording a Cricket Collective show on Tuesday. But for now, thanks for listening to Follow Me. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.com. 
www.sbs.com.au.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.